The Forum at Eight with Kolani Gwala. Eight and a half minutes after eight. Welcome to the Forum at Eight here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, tomorrow, Freedom Day, uh, we've been receiving a lot of SMSs and emails, people reflecting on what the day means to them. And I would like to talk a little bit about that, but also generally as a country. Uh, how should we be commemorating and celebrating this particular day? I see that the Department of Arts and Culture is saying to us, uh, we should be celebrating under the theme, mobilizing society towards consolidating our democracy and freedom. We'll hear in a minute or two what all of that means. Let me quickly introduce you to our guest on the program. Program this morning, who will talk to us about these matters. Let me start with the Deputy Minister in the Presidency for Performance Monitoring and Evaluation. Uh, that's Deputy Minister Obed Babela. Very good morning to you, Deputy Minister. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Also, here with us this morning, Dr. Mtsebi Sintlekiana. He is the head of the Political Economy Faculty at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Uh, a very good morning to you, Dr. Sintlekiana. Good to see you. Hey, good morning, Pepe. Always a pleasure to be here, the People's Broadcaster. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, let me start off by reading some of the emails and SMSs that have come through here before before we, we start our discussion here. There's Balisa, for instance, who, in reflecting on the day, says, As a child from a disadvantaged school, post-94 meant that I could go to university and become a doctor. Yes, I probably got in because of a quota system, but I studied hard. I had an undergrad degree and went to medical school to improve my life and of those around me. We can debate the quota system in varsities, but I got some of, uh, or it got some of us in. Uh, of course, we worked hard as well. Thank you to Struggle Heroes. That's Palisa on email. Now, the email came through just a short while ago. It came from uh, Kola George in Pretoria, who says, It's unfortunate that many uh, that have fought for this freedom are still to taste it as the current government continues to criminalize our struggle by keeping many APLA combatants in the apartheid dungeons, their only crime being fighting against the racist apartheid regime. I'll be visiting some of the 12 APLA former death row, uh, death row inmates currently incarcerated at the Johannesburg prison. Uh, Dudu's TRC did nothing but criminalize our struggle and in the process legitimized apartheid. The only crime against humanity in the same mold as genocide, Nazism, uh, piracy, etc. Um, and then he gives the names of some of these people that, have, that are arrested. David Nairn, Bongosim Kun, Johannes Mkise, Eric Williams, Bangubane, Philip Malafane, Jan Gottfried, Chodim Tutuzelin Zepe, Aaron Mukhano, and many others who are still in prison, according to an email from Ola Yamzashe in Pretoria. I wanted to read another one as well that came through from Zepo Moyane. Hey, there's a whole lot of these emails, but this is what Zepo Moyane is saying. As a young black South African, Freedom Day means many things to me, and one of the core things which I believe in is standing up for what is right. I'm unemployed. I see my fellow peers bribing in order to get jobs and I tell myself that I will never do that because not only is it wrong but it also undermines the very freedom that they claim to love. I ask myself whatever happened to honesty in this country? Whatever happened to standing up for what is right and defending it? Through all of this though, I love my country. I believe and hope that one day South Africa will be a better country. Tsepomoyana on email. What do you make of that? Oh, um, well I mean it does say that there are quite a lot of, a lot of challenges that we still need to deal with. Um, I don't think we expected these things to be solved within 19 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a long history, and I think uh, there, there, are, uh, there are certain strides that we've made, and certainly there are a lot of challenges. We haven't done as much as we should have. Some of these things are things that we can do, uh, but for some reasons are impeded from doing them. Um, most importantly, though, um, I think we need to balance how we understand freedom. There is a need for redress, social justice. We need to recognize that black people were 
disadvantaged deliberately, uh, did not go to school, went to uh, poor schools, uh, were denied education. And obviously, when freedom happens, they would not be able to take advantage of all the opportunities presented by freedom. Mm-hmm. So in as much as in as much as freedom provides space for one to be what one can be for self-affirmation, self-fulfillment, at the same time you need to create an enabling environment. Uh, education, uh, free education especially for black people because mm-hmm. their parents did not have any savings, they didn't have assets. They are black people who worked in the mines mm-hmm. for 20 years, 25 years as migrant workers without any pension at the end of it. And they were thrown away to rural areas where they died because of diseases that they... Uh, they had at, at the mines. So there's, there's certainly a case for redress, enabling environment so that we are able to compete effectively. On the other hand, we need to understand freedom as a space that, that allows us to be what we can be and not have, have this lean more towards the expectation of a reward. Mm. We are surrendering uh, to the state that the state owes us certain things. Yes, it does. To the extent that we, 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 there's a need for redress. To some extent, though, but at the same time, we need to understand that this is a space for us to use uh, as we can, to, to take self-initiatives. So we, we, we need to balance the expectation, therefore, of, of redress and, and self-actualization. Very important. And let me go to the Deputy Minister. Perhaps just, you know, taking off your title as the Deputy Minister, as a South African, how should we be assessing what has happened to us 19 years down the line? Well, I have got two titles here, Deputy Minister, mm. but then I was invited to the program as an ANC member, National sure. Executive Committee. So, certainly. Uh, so when I speak, obviously, there will be uh, that particular flow of, of, of my ideas. And most importantly, a South African. A South African. <laughs> and definitely. that's what I would like to hear from you. How should we be assessing the 19 years? Uh, what is the criteria that we should be using in order to assess whether we've made progress or not, in order to assess that this freedom has meant something to us or not? Well, as the doctor here was saying that we, we are not starting at the same pace uh, as equal partners in that democratic space, in that freedom space, and blacks were disadvantaged as a result of the repression and apartheid laws, and obviously the affirmation elements ought to have been affected, and then we have been affecting some of them, and that is why the state has been involved in the in the in the in the in the delivery of certain services towards. Uh, those people were disadvantaged as a result of apartheid. And in assessing, obviously, all South Africans ought to reflect and say, 1994 and now, what have been the strides that we have made? And and, then indeed acknowledge, appreciate, and then talk about them. Hmm. And to say, here, we've done well. And then what are the remaining challenges that are still there? And then then talk about them, critique them, and then say, what could have been done better? And then I think we have got a listening government, we have got a listening uh, society, so that we could then together then say, what is it that ought to be done better? So so that we could then continue in that journey of uh, in the fulfillment of mm-hmm. ensuring that freedom indeed means something that uh, benefits me as an individual, as a South African. Mm-hmm. I can proudly say I've got my freedom. But there are, there are certain things that currently are uniting us, and I think we should not just throw them into the, into the bin. The constitution of the country is still the best document that everybody subscribes and still loves. It's the best constitution in the world. Mm. 
And then, then we've got a country, which is a very beautiful country, landscapes, mountains, valleys, and in all its biodiversities, the, the rhino that mm. uh, we, we, it's unfortunately been killed in the, in the number that it, it is. Mm. Heritage sites that are historic, where human life began, sure. the cradle of humankind. Mm. So we've got a very beautiful country. That's uh, the, the second element that you know. Thirdly is the flag. Uh, obviously, the education around the flag has not been as intense uh, in the schools, particularly yeah. when we have to say what the six colors, what they mean, yeah. why they're and those are important the things. They're really, really important. But I want to pick up on the constitution because it may remain meaningless unless it affirms me, unless it assists me in in becoming the best that I can be, right, as a South African. The, the definitely, because that's why the, the preamble says that healing the past. So, so that then all the past elements that were done to other people mm. are rectified and so forth. We have to rectify. And hence the state is involved in the rectification process. Mm. But so the resources are not abundant yeah. at, the, at the same time. That is why you find that certain programs are not being able to fulfill it. Mm. And there are so many competing mm. elements that are, are coming to the A lot of SMSs, and I'm going to read some of them. Um, mm. I, I'm obviously making reference to people's circumstance, individual circumstances. Like, for instance, we work in this area. Oh. Firstly, we're unemployed. There are a lot mm. of people saying unemployed. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are saying we work, but actually um, we are underemployed. We don't even see the results of what we're working for. Is that the way also to look at these things? Well, it is. I mean, uh, it is because ultimately people have got to live. And there are certain things that the state owes to its citizens. As, uh, because obviously uh, the Constitution says people should have housing, uh, water, those kinds of things. So we, we, we need to afford them those things. Mm. Um, but at the same time, as I was saying earlier, I think we, we, we need to take a bit more initiatives, I think, from our side. Mm. Um, you know, our informal sector, for instance, is not as vibrant as, as, as it is in other African countries. Mm. Um, you know, and perhaps the state hasn't been encouraging as it should be. Mm. Uh, because for people who are unemployed, um, there should be ways, uh, uh, jobs are scarce unfortunately mm-hmm. um, so we need to encourage ways in which people can 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 make a living sure. uh, support them instead of, of putting up a lot of regulations and making it even more difficult for them to create jobs for themselves and, and you know people are saying well we want to take initiatives but we would like an enabling environment we would like a, a level playing field is the state creating that enabling environment the state has its own inefficiencies. There are many, mm-hmm. and some of them are completely unnecessary. Uh, for instance, if you, if you take job creation schemes, for instance, um, there are monies that are allocated to various levels of government to create, say, public works projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you'll realize that uh, uh, those jobs go to people who are incompetent, uh, people who... They get them simply on the basis of the fact that they have an ANC membership card. They mm. don't even know where Lutuli House is. They don't even know anything about the ANC, but mm. they have this membership card. Mm. And, and also because they bribe. Um, so these are, these are the, some of the challenges, uh, things that we can do ourselves. Uh, but we, 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 there's a lot of money, for instance, that gets lost through corruption, uh, billions of rents. Mm. Um, to this day, we, we, we are sitting here, we haven't had an appointment to the ICU, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, things, institutions that will allow government to cleanse itself of this corruption, to, mm-hmm. to work for us to work towards an efficient and corruption-free public service. So my point is that you know there are things that are inevitable, mm-hmm. 
challenges that, 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 that we inherited from the past. Unfortunately, it will take time for us to address. But at the same time, there are simple things that we could do which seems to be caught up within petty party politics of rivalry and, and pure inefficiency. Mm. Um, some of them are being, are being addressed, some of them are not being addressed. So when we, when we take stock of our democracy, we need, we need to say, have we, have we done everything that we can? Yeah. Uh, or are we, are we believing our own lies and our own rhetoric sure. about what we have achieved? And, and that's where you come in in your capacity as the Deputy Minister because monitoring evaluation is your, is your thing, where, where you then say, is the state creating this enabling environment? Is the state using the resources effectively to ensure that people enjoy the benefits of this freedom? Well, the, the, the state has resources that it has dispensed to society. And uh, in some instances, yes, uh, it has succeeded and is succeeding. But obviously, there are quite a number of challenges uh, and, 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 and in certain environments. And, and I think I do agree that where there are challenges, let them begin to, to rise to the occasion. And we do pick them up. We do engage on the processes of rectification of those particular issues and the issues of capacity. When you go to local municipalities, the biggest challenge is not corruption. Mm. Though corruption is an issue in society today, and I don't want to undermine it, but then also capacity. Because then quite a number of these uh, learned doctors here, mm. when you say to them, go and be a city manager or municipal manager in a rural municipality, mm. he just looks at that and says, who's staying there? And then they don't want to go in there. And, and as a result, we're striking. <laughs> you can't leave Josie. <laughs> but but state is going to... No, but state... No, honestly. No, and I understand that. But the state has, has got to make it attractive. The state well, is going to make uh, civil service attractive to say, Leonard Doctor, please come and you are safe. You will get all the benefits and we'll make sure that you are looked after. Your families well looked after. Do the, the, the work. Well, well, definitely. That's why now the Minister for Public Service Administration is now beginning to then say, how do we professionalize mm -hmm. the public service so that we could then begin to address all these weaknesses sure. within the system mm -hmm. so that the efficiency, uh, as the doctor was saying, is achieved and, and, and also are able to deal with corruption, which also is, is making us to lose money. And corruption is both sides, eh? mm -hmm. because, I mean, the Job Creation Fund, for example, the 10 billion rent, uh, it's underspended simply because people either do not know how to apply for it, but also they're cheating on it. The very companies that are supposed to be creating jobs, if you've got a company employing 500 people, when you apply, you say, no, I've got 200, mm -hmm. and then I want to add to 500. And yet in that space, you already have 500, and you're just taking the money mm -hmm. and then adding the very people that have not. There are no new jobs that are coming out sure. in quite a, And so society... Corruption is both that there's a corruptee and, and there's a, a corrupted. No, a corrupted that's that's, that's fair enough. And, and, and just also, we wouldn't want to necessarily concentrate on corruption and those things, but broadly speaking, we'd like We're to... Just, we are just putting yeah. it as a challenge. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right. We'll, we'll bring in the element of the private sector, because the private sector, and I know I've spoken to Minister Tulas Nasi, for instance, he's very, very, um, I suppose, angry about the way corruption, particularly within the, the, the construction sector, is being dealt with, that everyone seems to suggest that if it is done in the private sector, hush, hush, don't deal with it the same way that you're dealing with uh, in the public sector. I'll come back to that in a minute. I'm going to ask you gentlemen to put your headphones because I want to take some calls now. Um, I'm going to start with Mzwandile here in Johannesburg. Mzwandile, good morning. And Peter, how are you? Very well, thank you, thank you for your call. And your guest. I yeah. think uh, this uh, topic is almost uh, a little bit similar to the topic that you had, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> for me, the freedom that uh, people are talking about, I can say, 
I as an individual and probably millions of South Africans have not enjoyed it. One, I'll start with saying whatever that happened in the past, I've lived in the past, I lived uh, during apartheid, I know how apartheid was. But I can tell you that as somebody who has uh, tried himself in terms of business, one has failed because of his skin color. Um, I've, I've got a publication that I did and uh, I'm supposed to close down because I can't find advertisers. One of the reasons that a friend of mine told me was that, look, the problem is one that you, you are African and if you go out there looking for advertisers, they don't take you seriously. Secondly, uh, I've got a daughter and uh, I'm afraid to let her go alone in town because of she might be taken by uh, uh, the, 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 I'll just bluntly say it. The, the Nigerians and made into 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 a sex slave and stuff like that. I've been battled. My house has been battled several times by Zimbabweans. And nothing has happened. Last Friday, my house was battled. I waited for the cops since from 12 o'clock even today. I'm still waiting for them to come and take a statement. So I'm saying that if you are talking about freedom, we need to know what what are we talking about. And I hear guys talking about constitution, constitution. Back to what you spoke about on Monday. Mm-hmm. That constitution was 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 decided there. The World Trade Center. Sure. It was never brought back to us to look at it like what happened in Zimbabwe to say, guys, do, do, do you agree with this constitution that we have done or not? So that we can, if we needed to make, make some admin, uh, amendments, we, we, we as people will we, we'll have said, make right. amendments Zondi, there and there. Zondila, I just want to ask you something. Is there a point you're making by raising the issue of the Nigerians and the Zimbabweans or is it simply a xenophobic issue? Because they also, just like everyone else, may want to be celebrating the maybe here legally and so on. Is there a point you specifically No, no, no. It's not a xenophobic issue. I'm talking about things that are happening because if you're talking about freedom, you know, we need to enjoy the freedom with the brothers who helped us out. But we can't be allowing everybody who's coming inside to come and, 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 uh, and make us not enjoy that freedom that, 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 that we fought for and the freedom that other people have to, 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 to get. So that is what I'm talking about because if you're talking about freedom, we, the, the government needs to make it a point that we enjoy the freedom. They've allowed people to, to roam in the street who, 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 are, who are making us not to feel free. And, and you're suggesting that if those people were not allowed, you'd be a lot freer. No, I would be a lot freer because my, as, 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 a young, as a person who was young at, at the time, we used to, 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 to travel from Swazi to Cartoon Center just, 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 just to blow there, as, as, as what we used to say. You know? But now, my kid can travel uh, 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 from, from where I'm staying to and what Mzondile is saying, and perhaps, you know, I don't want to interpret mm-hmm. it, but Dr. Ndegana, uh, is he saying that he was a lot freer under apartheid than now? Because he says he, and he could roam the streets, he could leave, walk from Soweto to Carlton Center. Well, I don't know whether he, he went through the police who would stop you at any moment and say, where's your ID? That don't pass as it used to be called. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it was freedom of movement, you know, because it was a restricted movement mm-hmm. and at certain times you are not allowed to be in certain But he does maybe have a point about, for instance... Well, obviously, the issue of crime you're, obviously you're, is an issue. Yeah. That's why the, the government has made it one of the priorities that until such time mm-hmm. that we achieve the and, 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 and a, a zero tolerance on, mm-hmm. on crime, obviously crime will remain our priority. And, and the issue is that until your daughter can walk to wherever she needs to any time, right. she's not free. You are not free as well. I think he's more frustrated than anything, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a, he's, it's, 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 it's a genuine feeling, obviously. Uh, but it also touches on, on some of our challenges, institutional challenges. There are institutions that have been set up to help young black people to get into business. Umsobombu, for instance. 
I don't think these institutions have been effective. They have been more centers of patronage than effective institutions intended to really help people. Uh, I, I, in any of the studies that have been done, I'm yet to see one that really points out to incredible work that they have done. Hmm. Um, That's why mostly they've been, uh, they, you know, party it's now called this yeah. new development yeah. 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 Because, because it was ineffective. <laughs> and and not, even this new one. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's soon after it was formed, it made headlines through some party or conference that some cost kissing conference. Kissing conference. We, we, you need to create a more positive headlines. We, we, we need to see and hear what these institutions are doing. Mm. All that we, we, we ever hear about them is that the, there's a fight over who should appoint whether that, whether that person should come from the Communist Party or from the ANC League or from. So they are more about patronage than really doing. Uh, implementing the mandate that they are set up for. Mm. So there's a lot of institutional challenges that we need to deal with, and we need to be frank about that. The xenophobia issue, well, it, perhaps it's not xenophobia as such, but it's, it's, a, it's a reflection of a struggle for resources, mm. that there's a lot of strain on our resources. Uh, people feel that they, they, they are not getting priority attention from the state, and they are venting. Um, you know, we can't, we can't say that this is, this is not a, a progressive thing to say. Um, we need to take that as an indication of people's frustration on the ground and deal with it. Uh, because after all, I think as citizens, they are entitled to these services. Mm. Well, well, let me come to, 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 to the issue of the National Youth Development Agency. Mm. Uh, it's an agency that is supposed to be responding to a population of 21 million young people. Because the South African population has grown, and then 54% of it is young, you know. And then the institution is just given 400 million rent per, per annum. And, and, to and 50 to 60% of that goes to South Africa. Why salaries. are they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, it can't even reach 21 million. It's too little. Yeah, but the point about it is, is structure it in a sense that it becomes effective. Then Even uh, if it can be effective, it will never reach the 21 young people. Sure, because sure it but it must the, make a the dent, country minister. must then, mm. then invest more mm. in that direction. Mm. But, but what I, is I, the little right. that they've done? What is the little that they've done? There, there's a lot that they've done. I'm mm. telling you, I, in your studies, I don't know what you have done in their studies. We, we can produce good they records, may, they may, but, but there's, the a there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of frustration. That's the thing, people. because we get a lot of emails, SMSs from young yeah. people who are saying, there are these people. institutions, but these institutions are ineffective. And this is the point I think the doctor and, and, and South Africa has strong institutions, it has, I mean, if you compare it to other uh, countries, we have got a very strong, it's efficiency elements that ought to then to be dealt with so that the, the efficiency and the effectiveness of the institution mm. and in protecting them as we celebrate our democracy and I think that should be the, something that we ought sure. to focus on. No, no, that's you. very fair. Uh, we'll take more SMSs. There's Mike and Newlands on the line, Earl in Klexdorp, Philip in KZN, Loiso in Cape Town. I'll be with you in a minute. I need to take updates though. Let's start with the news from Vavakshni. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Guala. Right, would like to get your thoughts then on Freedom Day tomorrow. Let's go straight to the lines. Earl in Klexdorp, thank you for holding for me. Good morning. Kalani, uh, good morning to your guest. Kalani, um, Inus Channel has been running an advert on, on various events that they're celebrating throughout the month of April, mm-hmm. and one of them is specifically based on tomorrow's Freedom Day, mm-hmm. which actually prompted me to write something on, on to Facebook that I'd like to share with you and your listeners. Yes, uh, I'm an ordinary black South African, and mm-hmm. these are my views. I say 27 April 1994 to 2013, they call it Freedom Day. How can it be called Freedom Day when we still speak about race and racism, when our education system is in shambles, when our politicians are corrupt and don't exercise leadership, 
when unemployment is at an unacceptable level, when our municipalities and most government departments are dysfunctional and don't deliver the services they are meant to do, when so many people, black and white, still live in abject poverty, when crime is rampant and more violent than ever. 27th April is not Freedom Day. Maybe it should be called Democracy Day, because all it did was to give you a vote if you were black, granted you access to a tender system that seems to be corrupt in its nature, a change from one government to another. It instituted affirmative action and allowed those of us who are fortunate to do so to move into the suburbs and to drive fancy cars. I cannot think that this is what freedom fighters had in mind when they decided to offer up their families and friends and their lives. Hmm. Freedom Day to, to me means respecting one's property, one's family, one's right to good education, health and good governance, and end to any law that deprives any citizen from enjoying what South Africa has to offer. Okay. These may include, but are not limited to affirmative action, a corrupt in the system, and a disrespect for the rule of law. It means having a leader that is respected by all, irrespective of its political affiliation, sure. and that has the leadership and ability to unite a country acknowledged by most of us as a rainbow nation, a special people. These are my views, okay. and yes, you're entitled to disagree. This is a democracy <laughs> after all. And that's it. That's I freedom exactly of expression, <laughs> that you can well, say anything. I think ultimately cloud. that's the point, eh, that you... Is Earl still there? Are you there? I'm still there. You know what? I just want to have a very quick one, because clearly uh, your experience of democracy is negative. Is, is it all that negative? No, it's not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a patriot. I'm a very proud South African citizen. But That's there are certain right. factors within this democracy of ours that still takes away the freedom. Remember, uh, the, the, freedom ta- the Freedom Charter speaks about everybody that lives in this land should enjoy the fruits and the labor of this land. Yeah. And there are certain things that still deprive us based on our skin color, whether black or white, that's not the issue. Just the one fact quick is, we one are not one. all proud South Africa. All right, v- very quickly, is the glass half empty or half full for you? Uh, it, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not empty. I'm saying that, yes, we are enjoying it. As a black South African, I'm mm. in the position that I am because of this, the, the, the changes in the system that I okay. probably would well, not have, well. uh, have enjoyed otherwise. But our leadership needs to make us all feel a proud nation. If you look at the American political system, mm. when they go into elections, they fight, they are ruthless, they, they don't care what information they bring out, but the minute the president is elected, they unite as a people, as a country, okay. and that we lack in South Fair America. point. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling, uh, Earl, in Claxdorf. Let's go to Loiso in Cape Town. Loiso, good morning. Hi, Kamani, how are you? I'm good, and thank you for your call. And to your guest too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kamani, um, I think the, uh, the, the, the way in, in which we understand freedom in, in South Africa is, is misplaced, in my view. I, I would like to utter the same words of, of, of the previous caller. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, when we talk about freedom, People who disagree with the current situation should not be labeled as negative. Because some of us, we experience these things. We don't hear people tell us. I mean, in fact, free, a free person and a free nation need not to be reminded all the time that they are free. Uh, they need to know that they are free. In South Africa, I don't understand why we kept on being reminded of, that we are free. Um, for example, if we were free... Um, uh, we should not be 
uh, afraid to express ourselves in our own language wherever we go, for example. Uh, our language should have been, uh, you know, at the top, uh, not to, not, you know, not, not to aspire to be like our former oppressors. Everything that we do revolves around our former oppressors. We wear their clothes, we eat their food, we go to their schools. I mean, all that has happened in South Africa was just a change of administration. All right. But Lenzo, how are you constantly reminded in South Africa that you are free? I just, I would like to ask the... Uh, cl- like days like these. Yeah, like all these countries have days like this. Uh, the U.S. has Independence Day. All countries have days like this. Well, it depends. It depends how you, that's why I'm saying it depends how you define freedom. Hmm. Because for me, if you are going to say to me, I'm free when I'm still, you know, uh, uh, depend, I'm actually independent, dependent, you know, uh, if, if I still go to schools uh, uh, of, of my former oppressor and I still regard them as good, better schools than this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or let's take for example the education system, Konani. Mm-hmm. In South Africa, there's something that we do not entertain. South Africa, I think, is it, 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 it's ranking at the last uh, about 143 when it comes to quality sure. education. Mm-hmm. And, 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 well, and, 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 and if, if, if you look at that and you look at the, at, at the, at, at, at the budget that is spent on education, it should say a lot about, uh, you know, uh, uh, our country. Oh, Lois, I have, uh, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you want yeah, to say something? You see, what, what Lois is saying is quite, is quite critical because it, it highlights one of the major problems hmm. is that we, we see 1994 as, as, as the end. Yeah. Um, hmm. Instead of seeing it as a beginning, beginning of a new society that we need to create, out of this this troubled society mm. that is uh, what, that was characterized by inequality, brutality, disadvantages, and all these things. So we are a society in formation. Mm. We are still forming ourselves. Um, so, but people expect that there would be a prize, there would be a reward as soon as uh, on April 28, for instance, 1994. Immediately, we would be given certain things instead of. Uh, using all these spaces to build towards something new. Schools, for instance, you can't, you couldn't have expected that schools would be would be perfect mm. uh, a week after that. Mm. You couldn't have expected, especially uh, 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 black languages. Mm. Uh, we know that there have been challenges in terms of literature and all that stuff. So we need we use the resources that the state affords us to build the ideal society that we. People are entitled to to express their own opinion about their own situation. Yes. But don't express yourself in a way that signals resignation, as if there is nothing you can do. Uh, we need to call on the state that they should provide us resources for us to build the society that we want to build. So let's, let's mobilize ourselves mm. right, towards this new society that we want to build, instead of saying we were expecting, as if there was some declaration at some point that uh, this is what you... Yes, we were told that we would get certain things, mm. but, but we Because we, the dec- we people will argue that the declaration was the manifesto. Yeah, that said, but, this but, is what you will But get. we need to change our own understanding of freedom and, and, and post-apartheid South Africa that this is a society in creation, and it requires all of us to work towards that instead yes, of I sitting somewhere and complaining. Deputy Minister? No, no, I, I just wanted to really remind people that... Uh, uh, we have delivered democracy and then freedom. And, uh, and, and what we want and expect of the people is to be pride about the country, South Africa. National pride and patriotism. And I think those are the fundamentals. But then we then ask, what have we done with that democracy? Certain delivery has happened. The ANC-led government has done so. The electrification, let's, let's just take electrification 
I mean, you move in other African states and say how they've compared with us. 80% of the households now have electricity. Even in the rural areas, I was just in, 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 in Escort over the weekend, the deep rural area. And at night when I was traveling out, I can see that every house has a light. And and that used not to be the, the, the sure. element. And if you look back, 1994. But in all On education, maybe just that, that point is yeah. very important. Yeah. South Africa is now rating as number one on access to education. Now, uh, Lord, but number 143 in the quality, the maths and science. Because what we have done, we have made sure that every child is able to go to school. And, 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 but then in the processes of ensuring that happens, obviously quality was an element. So it means then we need to focus on teacher training and then ensure therefore that they will now improve on the quality. But you make an important point about pride in the democracy because pride is a personal thing. I can only be proud of something if it does something to me. If they, if I don't derive anything out of it, I can't be proud of it. But, but, Tolani, if you are a beneficiary, you need to be a, a pride. If you are parents somewhere in another corner of South Africa are now able to flush a toilet and then get water on the tap. You must also say it might not have happened to me as an individual wherever I am, mm-hmm. but I can see it's happening somewhere else. And I can move around. I can see changes mm-hmm. that are taking place. And I think that's what we really want people really to also acknowledge and appreciate. issue as well. A society can only be mobilized if it feels that it has the space and that it can make a difference. They are, there's a point where people resign and they say, because we can't make a difference. Because we see, and I'm going to make it a typical example. Uh, President Jacob Zuma is addressing the memorial service of the 13 soldiers killed in the Central African Republic. And he says, um, many people think that they can run government. And you say, well, so should I even raise my voice? If, if it's going to come up against people who think that, does they think he can run government? Well, I mean, that's just his view. You can disagree, you know. Um, but what I want to know is, is there space for civil society to raise these views even? And if they raise these views, including the secrecy bill, are they taken seriously? I think when you raise views, you shouldn't expect government um, validation or endorsement. Obviously, government, if you disagree with them, they will come down hard on you. No, um, no, no, we don't come hard on people. No, they do. No, 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 they do. Well, some they say, do. ask FNB. Yeah, well, I mean, the deputy minister is a nice person, but his government also has other sides to it. Um, so we, 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 we need to, to believe in the fact that we are citizens, and as citizens we are entitled to say whatever we want to say. Because one of the ways we can make this government work is to, is to protest where, where, where there, is, uh, there are shortfalls. In some cases, municipalities, for instance, take the issue of uh, uncovered toilets, for instance, that big thing preceding the 2011 yeah. elections, mm. that apparently these people in the free state lived with these toilets that were uncovered for some time. Uh, they didn't protest, right, unless some journalists, until some journalists went around snooping around and saw these toilets. The, the most tragic thing about that event is that uh, these people didn't protest at all. They, they resigned themselves to that mess as if they were, they were worthy of being treated like that. So for me, that, 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 is, that is complicity uh, in a way. It might, not, it might not be conscious, perhaps. But we, the, 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 the extent to which government uh, will deliver partly rests on us being active citizens sure. to demand what is ours. They are not doing us a favor. So that is why I keep on saying we need a, a change of mindset. Um, that, that we, we can't expect, uh, government is not doing us a favor, but what they have to do is our right.
So we need to call on sure. them to the do Deputy that. Minister will respond in a minute. Deputy Minister, allow me just to take more more calls. Let me go to uh, Philip in KZN. Hello, Philip. And I, I, I hope that I'm not going to be caught up in holding for too long. <laughs> quickly. Yeah, quickly. You, you, you know, uh, let me just say, my neighbor went against the law. His uh, uh, assets are being attached. Bishana, in Wazulu Natal, went against the law. His assets are being attached. Shabun Sheikh went against the law and was sentenced. Nothing of that has done to him. Marimoto, who is an Indian dealing with drugs, was sentenced to three years. Never set his foot in, 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 in jail. Uh, instead, he uh, is uh, now working against Okamakashule, uh, who is the GM of SARS. All instructions from Gravel. Uh, there are many other cases that I can quote. In Guadalajara, African people who sacrificed with their blood, fought and died, cannot see the day in business. Only our brothers and sisters of Indian descent. Now, I ask myself, what kind of freedom and whose country is this when I know but Mahatma Gandhi, who is terrified, if you come to Guadalajara, there is hardly one, one town without the stage of Mahatma Gandhi. But go to the uh, 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 internet and get into uh, 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 activities of Gandhi, how Gandhi hated African people, calling us half-naked animals. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, wait, 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 no. no, because I, you've said I, this before, and you know, you've been on the show and said exactly the same thing, but I'm just wondering about the broader point you're making, that you're comparing yourself with the next person as opposed to saying broadly broader, what, 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 you know what I'm saying, is. and you've been on the show and you've raised the issue of Indians and, and, and Africans in KZN, and clearly it bothers you, but I'm just wondering whether you're just limiting yourself too much by saying me against an Indian guy, or just me, what have I benefited yeah. from this democracy? No, 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 I'm not... I, 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 want, I, I want to clear, clarify that I want to clear the, the air that I am not against, I don't hate Indians, but this is the reality. Then, uh, in conclusion, my reality says in every corrupt activity that you have in this country, uh, where our leaders are being corrupted, you have an Indian person involved. Now, as an African, I cannot keep quiet and say, because this is so-called democracy, because remember, in our constitutions, Indians are said to be equal to us as Africans when they have never been equal to us. All right, and, uh, so, so clearly the issue for you is, is how Africans are being treated in KZN versus Indians, clearly, because... Exactly, all right. exactly. I'll, I'll ask exactly. my guest to respond to that issue. Thank Kai you. in Johannesburg. Kai, good morning. Philippine KZN, thank you. Kai? Good morning, Kalani. Hi. I mean, as usual, this is excellent. I just have a very quick point. Yeah. Freedom for me comes with rights and responsibilities. Yes. And I believe that we all need to take responsibility for how we actualize our freedom. Mm -hmm. For me, it's education, and this responsibility lies with both government and civil society. I want to very quickly share a personal story which happened yesterday, and it relates to the SACTU strike, because when teachers go on a ghost flow, who hurts? It's our children. I work in Orange Farm, and we had special assemblies scheduled this morning at three secondary schools. And this was supposed to reach over 3,000 learners. Yesterday, one of the schools called and they said, you can come, 
but not the Department of Basic Education. The irony was that the DBE was going to do workshops this morning as we speak Mm. on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and in terms of how does one actualize this as an active citizen. Kalani, I tell you, I was more sad than angry. I mean, my daughter said, Mom, why are you reacting like this? Mm. Because while I understand the processes of a strike, Adults did not take the responsibility to commit to teaching our children. When teachers go on a go slow, who hurts? I think we're at a critical point in South Africa, and this requires critical thinking and decisive action. What I would suggest is, you know, I've always been a fan of the Moral Regeneration Initiative, but not from the point of view where it's top-down from government, but at the level of civil society where we have conversations at our dinner tables, in our schools, and even in our shabins. Right now, as we celebrate Freedom Day, which is one of the, tomorrow, which is one of the, the holiest days in the, the calendar, the symbol of the beginning of our new democracy. On this day, South Africans renewed their commitment to uphold human rights, human dignity, and equality for all people. I'm saying, where's the education for our kids? So my point is, freedom comes with rights and responsibilities, and we need to stop apportioning blame. We need to ask, what are we doing as active citizens to ensure that we actualize this freedom? And, and Kalani, you always have a fabulous program, Kalani. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you, Kai and Johannesburg. Thanks Indeed, I think uh, emphasizing the point that you made. As citizens, what is our responsibility? I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Let me take Abdul Egoruleni. Abdul, good morning. Good morning, Golan, and good Hi. morning to your panel and the listeners. Welcome. I want to make two quick points. Yeah. The first one is about the fact that we need to tell each other South Africans the truth. We need to learn to do that. And I'll give you an example. Um, Deputy Minister there can uh, can remember the statistics that he gave at one of the uh, of the of the of the of his presentations about the number of young people who who enrolled in school mm-hmm. in 94, mm-hmm. the amount, the number that finally wrote metric and what, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm raising this because when the deputy minister was talking about us being ranked number one in the world in terms of access to education, you wanted to have on the, uh, on, on our rating uh, in, in terms of mathematics. But I, I know that the first thing that prize a person is if I can write my name, if I can read. And sign a contract of my of my own before I get to to be technical. So I think that that's mm. something that we have we have missed. And you know that recently we have been told that no, we are not employing graduates and so on. And when the study uh, the study was made and uh, the findings came, all those people were making noise about us not employing uh, 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 graduates. But didn't even comment on uh, you know on the validity of that study. The second point that I want to raise is how we interpret the constitution. The Constitution will say, for instance, South Africans have got a right to housing. Now, when it is interpreted, it, 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 it is like the state has an obligation to build people's houses. And the, the, that cost was specifically delivered because as a, as a black person, I didn't have a right to housing. In fact, uh, the, the, the mushrooming of informal settlements post-1990, the unveiling of the ANC, hmm reflect that crisis because I will live in a hostel, we will sit in, a, uh, in one room, we are eight, and so on. And my mother would not own, uh, inherit a house that my father had to lease for 99 years, uh, and when she uh, he passes on, it was... Okay, Abdul. Uh, all right, I think we get the point. I really have got to take Mike now to wrap up because uh, I need to get my guests as well. So many emails coming through. Mike and Newlands, briefly, good morning. 
Thank you, thank you, Scalani. Uh, good morning to you, thank you. Uh, yes, my point very quickly is, I think that the Deputy Minister's got to be uh, more honest with us. To say that um, we've got a long road to travel is true, but he, he, he drags in corruption as if that's part of the long road. I say to the Deputy Minister, corruption is a now thing. Yes, the old National Party was corrupt, but we don't have to be corrupt. You have, Deputy Minister, 89 MPs yesterday who voted against the CPC bill who have all been found guilty in a court of law of corruption. Now, Minister, if you want to send out a message... Please, dismiss those ANC MPs. Show South Africa that you mean business about corruption because you can deal with it now. It's nothing to do with the past and it's nothing to do with the future. We need okay. to deal with it right now. Thanks, Colonia. All right, Mike and Newlands, thank you. Let me read some emails. Tam Bangosi Matadeni says, In order to move forward, the ANC government needs to be brave and accept failures instead of covering them. Uh, it should not cover up and say education and electricity is available to everyone. What about the children who continue to learn under the trees and books uh, which, are, which are not delivered in time every year? That's according to Tam Bangosi, uh, Newcastle. Another email came through uh, from uh, Lakim Sanga. Freedom Day is only on the 27th of April, just like Christmas is on the 27th uh, on the 25th of December and uh, that is a view from <laughs> Kim Sanga uh, email Joseph uh, in Bramley my problem is with those who use the name of Mapungube for no benefit to the South Africans um, th- uh, there's no there's no much history attached to the name and links to Zimbabwean ruins okay this is an email that I'm going to pass uh, on to the institution so that they can respond to uh, Joseph in Bramley um, last one Kuna. do you guys know who is free are those who are misleading us and their kids have all the opportunities because in South Africa despite your qualification you only get Get a job base. Um, is your parents government mayor, MEC minister, etc.? Okay, it's a complaint. Um, Gentlemen, let me wrap up. Uh, perhaps starting with the deputy minister. Well, I just want to say to all South Africans, we are celebrating tomorrow, and let's go all out and then celebrating all local events that have been organised. The theme of the, the the day is mobilising society towards consolidating democracy and freedom because we are now. Uh, growing from being a teenage democracy mm. uh, 19 years and next year we will be 20 years now we are becoming an adult democracy and and, 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 and then let them begin to consolidate on that democracy definition and then uh, have a consensus and agreement as to what is democracy and what is freedom and, and then so, so that as we move we move as one. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, and, uh, maybe briefly, just what happened in Boston after the, the arrest, during the arrest of those uh, youngsters that were said to be alleged bombers, you saw a society that was cooperating mm-hmm. with government and state. And when they said, stay home, everyone stood. But I just imagine if it was in South Africa, people would have gone out of their homes and told the police, you know, get off, out of my way and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of patriotism and and pride that we'll want to see in every sure. uh, South African is the African National Congress. We need active citizenry. We have that history, that tradition of protest, of speaking up. We need to retrieve that. And secondly, we need a lot more decisive leadership. We have institutional challenges in this country. The education problem is one. Eastern Cape, uh, Limpopo as well. Instances of civil servants who simply refuse to do their jobs, risking the future of our kids. Mm. And yet we haven't heard anything about who was responsible for the late delivery of textbooks. Well, whose head has been has been chopped off? We we don't hear that. Accountability. So we, accountability. Um, government has to take leadership. Uh, increasingly, there's a sense that the state needs to intervene, and I like that. We need to take ownership. Um, that we we can't expect p- perhaps the private sector to do all these things. The private sector is somewhat hesitant. So we need to lead as the state um, and 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 take decisive leadership. 
things of teacher striking, for instance. Yes, they are right, but, but what about the responsibility to the kids? Where does the ruling party fall on that question? These are the tough questions that have to be tackled. Heads sure. Right, I've really got to wrap up. Gentlemen, I thank you. Thank you very much for your time and enjoy thank Freedom you. Day thank tomorrow. You. Thank you very much. Uh, Obed Bapela is the Deputy Minister in the Presidency responsible for performance monitoring and evaluation. Dr. Mzabisin Lekiana is the Head of the Political Economy Faculty at the Mapungubia Institute for Strategic Reflection. Uh, Mistra, thank you very much both for your time. I would really like to thank the team who put it all together today. Uh, our producers, Thangi Wemabaso, Mishushanzale, Tracy Bumgard, Senior Producers, Lungile Mabaso and Zinat Abdul. Technical Producer today, President Machaya, Forum Producers, Ronald Piri and Jake Mugoma. Chief Producer Butsilukoto, Executive Producers Busichane and Obrusichi. I wish you a fantastic weekend. Go out there, celebrate uh, Freedom Day tomorrow. Until Monday, cheers from all of us. It's 9 o'clock.